The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Well, today is a very special day. Firstly, because we have the privilege of baptizing Emory and Lex. It's always such a joy for us as a community to be able to welcome new members into the body of Christ. But it's also special today because this is the last Sunday that Nick will be sharing ministry with us here. And so today, I hope to uh, spend some time talking about how the Spirit moves us and how the Spirit moves in our lives, uh, bringing us into new things and broadening our horizons. We have the perfect text for that this morning. It's from the Acts of the Apostles, and it's that section of Acts that has to do with the ministry of Philip, the deacon. Now, Philip was not one of the apostles, but he was a deacon. He had not necessarily been authorized to baptize, but all of that was sort of being sorted out anyway in this early church. Following the, the stoning of Stephen, the Greek-speaking believers in Jerusalem were persecuted. And that persecution may have been led by the one we refer to as St. Paul, the apostle. Hard to imagine that Paul at one time was responsible for so much persecution of Christians. Of course, all of that was before his famous conversion. So the gospel started to spread from Jerusalem in part because of the persecution. I'm sure that most of those who left Jerusalem because of that were not spoken to by an angel as Philip was. But Philip had an angelic presence tell him that he was to take the wilderness road down to Gaza. The wilderness road of all things. He must have wondered, why? Why would God want me to go that way? And what might I encounter on the wilderness road? Well, of course, uh, little did he know or could even imagine that he would encounter a very powerful member of the royal family of Ethiopia. This was a person who was over the entire treasury of the queen of Ethiopia. So he, he was not only powerful, but possibly also very wealthy. And one can imagine he was traveling in luxury. 
He was coming from Jerusalem as well. He had been there to worship, but because he was a eunuch, he was not able to worship in the temple. But perhaps for him, it was enough just to be in that holy city to pray to the God of the Jews. Now, the Jews probably would have referred to him as a God fearer, one who was not fully a Jew, but one who worshipped the God that they worshipped. And so Philip encounters this man and the spirit tells him that he should go up and talk to him. And the other surprising thing is that when he gets there, he finds that this Ethiopian is reading from the scroll of Isaiah. Now, it's interesting to me that the references to this man are always to the reference to the eunuch, not to the Ethiopian. And the reason for that might be so that we don't go down the path of seeing this as Philip crossing racial lines, but rather it was Philip crossing class lines. And he was certainly encountering someone very different from himself. And the spirit moved him to go and be with that person. So he finds the eunuch reading from Isaiah and uh, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the, the eunuch says, how could I understand? I don't have a guide. And so Philip starts to go through the passage with him that he's reading and explains to him that this is a reference to Jesus, the one who died and the one who rose again. And then he starts to unpack that whole story of the good news and the life of Christ. And as they're moving along, they finally come to a place on this wilderness road in this dry place where there's water. And the eunuch says, is there anything to prevent me from being baptized? Now, having read that and as an Episcopalian and a priest in the church, I thought, well, no godparents for one. <laughs> Very little preparation, I might add. <laughs> and Philip again was moved by the spirit and baptized the eunuch. Now, I think in this account, we can learn something about how the spirit moves. First of all, it must have been an exciting time in the early part of the church to see that the spirit was moving them into places that they could never imagine. Can, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot as Episcopalians over the last few years with changes in the church. But imagine what it must have been for a Jewish Christian to start to be challenged by all of these things. You know, you don't have to become a Jew. You can be a Christian. You don't have to be circumcised in order to be acceptable to God. And it went on and on and on. All these things that were assumed to be essential seem now not to be essential. And not only that, God was opening to these people the possibility that anyone, anyone, even a eunuch, could be acceptable to God and could be baptized. I think the other thing that's very important about this in terms of baptism is recognizing that it is not about who we are. It doesn't matter what race we are. It doesn't matter what family we come from. It doesn't matter what class we come from. We come as we are to be baptized. And the other thing that it points to, I believe, is that it's not about understanding. You know, those of us who spend a lot of time in our heads think that we have to understand it. We've got to get it. And if we get it, then we can go on to the next step. 
It's not about understanding. The eunuch didn't understand. He was looking for understanding. And he was asking questions. And I think that's another part of it for us, is that our faith journey many times finds us on a wilderness road and asking questions. In fact, I think that that is the movement of the Spirit, bringing up within us the questions. It's often in the questions that we are brought into deeper and deeper spirituality. And so these two children will come today not understanding, not even knowing, wondering what could this all be about. Because it's not really about what we do or what we don't do, or what we understand or don't understand. It's about what God does. And it's also about a community, a community of faith that swears that it will uphold these children and will nurture them in the faith. All of us need each other in order to be nurtured in the faith. But I think this has something else to say, this scripture and this understanding of the movement of the spirit for us today. For Nick and for us, I think it's a reminder that the spirit will take us where the spirit will. We cannot always see what that, where that might lead. And certainly Philip had no idea what would lie ahead of him on that wilderness road. But what wonderful things came from it. What wonderful ministry and what wonderful life flowed from there. The spirit is urging Nick to move on. And that same spirit is urging us to prepare to receive another who will help shape our spiritual lives, who will nurture us in the faith, just as Nick has. And so we give thanks this day for the nudgings of the spirit. We know not where the path may lead, but we know who leads us. Amen. Amen.